Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us at uh, Mama Said So podcast. It is Jenny here, and I am joined with Sharm and Miriam, and we are excited to sit down and talk together today. Um, we take this opportunity in this podcast to just speak with one another about um, motherhood and things that are currently relevant um, and how they affect motherhood and our personal experiences with motherhood. Um, and so today um, is just the same. Um, and being that it is Black History Month, we will be speaking um, on that topic. But before we start, we will do our What My Child Said segment, which is a time where we just kind of sit back and think of something that our child recently said that just kind of threw us off a little bit. Um, it could be funny, it could be really smart, insightful, um, it could be crazy, uh, whatever it is, it just kind of make you look twice or think, or think twice or la make you laugh or whatever. So um, this is uh, the time that we share that with one another. So um, I guess I'll go ahead and start um, and I'll do one for each. Braxton um, recently, he's been asking a lot of questions and he's been asking why. So like, if I tell him something, he's like, why? And he says it in that tone, why? <laughs> and then you mm -hmm. say, you know, we answer the question and he's like, why? <laughs> um, and then he also asks questions. He asks simple questions, but questions that aren't easy to answer, right? So like, it's a simple thing. But, but it's not easy to answer. He'll say something like, um, I'm trying to think of a, a good example, but he'll be like, oh, he said today he was playing with his toys, um, Thomas the uh, train, Tom, the engine. And he goes, why is Thomas a train? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, because that's how he was built. <laughs> what does build mean? <laughs> What does built mean? And it just keeps going. So he's in that phase, I guess. Um, and then Ruby, recently, not too long ago, and I think this ties in well with our theme, uh, during bedtime, we were telling uh, or reading, you know, they always choose a book. And um, the book that she read, um, or the book that she chose was the, her colors book. So it's a book where each page is a different color and it's like all these things that are that are the color and it has the, the, the color written out. So the way we do it is we say what the color is and then Ruby spells it out. But that day, Braxton was also running around the room pointing at something that was the same exact color. So everybody was involved, right? <laughs> and, you know, we, we, we got pink, Braxton goes to find something pink, Ruby spells, spells the word purple and so on and so forth. And then we get to brown and Braxton's like, Oh, he's like looking around the room for something brown. He can't find anything. He goes, I know. And he points to his skin and he's like, I'm brown. Mm. And then Ruby says, yeah, I'm brown. I'm brown too. And then she looks at me and she's like, and you're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I was like, um, light brown? Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> Ruby is the same complexion. <laughs> and then she's like, and what color is daddy? And I was like, oh. I, it was like, I wasn't prepared. I was not right. prepared at all. <laughs> right. 
um, definitely threw me for a loop. What about you guys? I mean, these days, AJ just keeps saying the same thing. We've had a hard time, I feel like, for at least the past two months with him um, with sleep time. So, you know, of course, he fights or whatever. But then, you know, he finally gets into it, brush teeth, whatever, do the routine. And as soon as you close in the door, mommy, 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 mommy. I'm like, what? You have no other questions for me. You can't possibly have something else to say to me right now. And then he's like, oh, but my bed is too small. I got to come in your room or whatever. I'm like, what does that even mean? I'm like, AJ, you're four years old. So after like a few weeks, a few weeks to saying or whatever, I'm like, okay, we'll talk about it. Because then he started mentioning a bed that he's seen on one of these YouTube videos. I forgot what it's called. Some bed that he's seen some little boy having a YouTube video. He was like, yeah, I want that one. I was like, okay, we could talk about that at your birthday in October. He's like, no, why can't we talk about it now? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. So it's, but it's the same thing every single night. If he does finally fall asleep in his bedroom, like clockwork, three, four o'clock in the morning, he's coming to our room. Now, some nights, <clears throat> just so you guys know, some nights my husband sleeps with me, some nights he does not. Because upstairs, our heat, it can get pretty, pretty hot. And so he'd rather be in another room with a fan on full blast um, and not be in a bed with anyone because he just gets so hot at night. So AJ would come to my room first. Sometimes he would stay with me. Sometimes if he doesn't see that uh, Lewis is in the bed, he'll go to his room. Mm. Either way, he's not in his room. And I always try to play the guilt thing like, so you leave your baby brother in there by himself? <laughs> and he's like, but you know, you know, the bed is too small for me. I'm like, no, it's just right for a big boy. It's too small. <laughs> I need a big bed like yours where me and Bo and mommy and daddy can fit. I'm like, uh-uh. boy, please. Uh, <laughs> but that boy, same argument every single night. Every single mm. night. So that's my kid. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been having some interesting um, bathroom experiences with Jaden where he relapsed a little bit. Um, he just turned three and he relapsed a little bit and started to pee on himself. And we were like, why? Why is this guy peeing on himself? It, it just was really weird and random. So we never, never quite figured that out. But I did start to tell him that, you know, the pp wants to go like it wants to go back to the ocean so every time when i see him like fidgeting or something like that i'm like Jaden, go to the bathroom go to the bathroom go let the pp out so he goes running to the bathroom i want to keep my pp and i'm like oh. so every time he runs to the bathroom he's yelling something back like i want to keep my pp the pp doesn't want to go this time it's like a whole letting it out but at least we got past that little relapse i still don't know what that was about but yes he wants to keep his pp <laughs> Wow. Yes. Well, uh, gotta love the boys. I don't know. I can't. I can't with the boys again. The pee all over the walls, though. Oh yeah, there's pee everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> I cannot. It's like a daily. Oh yeah, yeah. Should have gotten the urinal that we got. <laughs> At least it would be captured. That's a good point. Look, it's not. We actually, point. we had one, and where is that thing? I, I don't know where it is. We had it and it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I, you know what he tried, he started to do. He, um, he tried to sit on it. 
Yeah, it doesn't work that way, right? Right. <laughs> but that was a long time ago. I don't even know where it is right now. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Miriam, you have some questions for us. Yes, February, Black History Month, although it is every day, but yes, this is the designated time uh, for people to acknowledge, commemorate, celebrate all of the things that is Black. So just thought about a few questions that can uh, serve as springboards for conversation. Maybe we'll get through them all, maybe not, but here goes. So first question for you ladies out there. First of all, do you celebrate Black History Month? Is there, do you feel that there is even a reason to celebrate Black History Month or designate this month as a special time? Start with you, Sharm. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so growing up, Black History Month was definitely a part of our um, households. It was very present in the sense that we talked about it. We acknowledged it. It was, it was a thing. But it was interesting because Black History Month was always still intertwined with church like we were, we're just a church family. So like everything revolved around church. So any kind of Black History Month program, yes, we have one at school, but really the one that we would get excited about, whether we were doing a play or we were doing a special musical program or a dance or something where we had to get like the African garb or wear something special, it always really was intertwined with church. And it's interesting because like Black History and the Black Church, we just watched the PBS special the other night Yes, um, yeah, about too. the Black church and like how political influence is were there and like it's just such a part of our rich history and culturally as well as spiritually. And so when I think about coming up in our household, definitely was always present. My aunt actually um, left the Church of God in Christ and um, is a pastor of an African Methodist church in Boston. And growing up, she was always the one in the family that pushed us to learn more, do more. She always celebrated Kwanzaa in her household. When I visited her, she would have like the African dolls, the porcelain dolls in like a case. Um, she would make sure we had black dolls, you know, not that my mother didn't, but it was like a thing. It was a priority for her to make sure that we were raised with that awareness and that acknowledgement. Um, so yes, we definitely celebrated and it definitely was a different time um, in our household growing up. So for those of you that don't know, two thirds of this podcast is of a Haitian heritage. So this is a different spin on it, ready? <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, as far as celebrating Black History Month, it was celebrated, but just as a school thing. It was not necessarily, it wasn't acknowledged at home at all. So it was a school thing, but even with the school thing, I don't think it was just designated for February, but throughout the whole year. So we had the privilege of, we went to a Catholic school, but it was all black people. It's predominantly black people. Mm -hmm. um, the same for our teachers. Again, even though Catholic school, some people like my sister, Jenny, she had a teacher who was a, a sister. Yeah, she had a, a teacher who was a nun, but most of our teachers were young African-American men and women. 
So as far as the designation, yeah, we knew, we grew up knowing that, okay, yeah, February is, you know, designated as Black History Month. But I felt that, you know, the teachings, whether it be through um, choir or through um, an assembly mm-hmm. or something like that, or just the stuff that was hung up in our classrooms or around the halls of the uh, school, it was always Black, is what I remember seeing anyway, whether it was... Um, elementary school a little less in high school because that was a little bit more diverse I did go to high school in uh, Montclair but still another Catholic school that was predominantly black Mm -hmm. so I'm not sure if the designation needed to be there but yeah we did know of course that February was Black History Month as far as celebrating it outside of the school walls no that just was not um, a thing and growing up in our Haitian household or in our other big social which was the Haitian church Right, right. And um, of course, we were in the same household, household also in the same school. And um, yeah, my memory of that is definitely the same. Um, and, and from kindergarten through 12, uh, excuse me, from kindergarten through eighth, um, it was all black everything, basically, all the all the time. And so much so that I, I don't know that I can remember that on Black History Month, um, it was, hang on a second, please, a little interruption. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was like Black, if, if we want to say one of the things that you celebrate about, about Black history, Black excellence. We saw it, you know what I mean? Like we had Black principal to look up to, a Black music teacher to look up to um Mm -hmm. you know she was also the vice principal right and um and in terms of music she really made sure that we knew um you know that our our music was definitely had uh african-american african influences Mm -hmm. right so we definitely um knew knew a lot and what i was saying before is that um, so much so that I, I like I don't exactly remember like a Black History Month assembly or Black History Month this and that. There. I remember a lot that we did that celebrated um, the culture, but um, I like I you know I can't tell you like there we had a series where people because we had um, morning assembly and uh, you know we had like liturgy and all of that, but. Uh, you know, that being the Catholic, the Catholic side, but then we also had, uh, there was another part where people would come up dressed as um, a black figure and then um, they would read their biography. So I had, I, I was dressed as, um, now I can't think of her name. Nikki, is it from uh, the editor of Essence, the original? Um, so I came dressed as her and, um, and I read her whole biography and everything. Now, do I remember that that was Black History Month? I, I really, I don't. But that just goes to point to what we we're saying before that, yes, it was um, all Black everything all the time. And in terms of the household, we, you know, it wasn't something that was really much mentioned. Although I do remember when my dad started reading uh, Dubois and, and probably a couple of other authors, he started being a little bit more vocal about the Black experience rather than Mm. just the Haitian experience, which we got a lot of growing up and having to know, like, you know, Haitian history and culture and all of that. You know, that's really funny because 
so I went to school in Montclair as well, but I went to public school, right? So it wasn't primarily black. It was actually primarily white. And there were, you know, there were, it was diverse in the sense that we were present, but we certainly weren't the majority. And so it's interesting because first of all, coming up, black history was African history, like from Africa, the slave trade to all the inventors and protests. And here we are today. It was not Jamaican history, Haitian history, the Caribbean. There was no like awareness that of the diaspora. So it was like, yes, black history is you were in Africa, then you were captured. Now you were slaves in America and you did great things. And here we are today. It was just so, it was just so single minded. And I feel like I was probably in my high school, like towards the, like junior, senior year, when I really started to learn about the diaspora. So before that, it was very like, I won't say shunned, but it definitely wasn't like welcome. Like the Jamaican kid with wearing bright colors or like the Haitian kid that had was being called names. It was just like, it wasn't like a community or it wasn't like an empowerment that we've seen, I would say over the past, 15 years or so that now we understand more fully about the diaspora in a sense of pride, right? Because there's also this element of that I know personally that some Haitian Americans feel that they are better or different from Black Americans, right? Or same things with any other um, Caribbean or, you know, Nigerian or other households. So that was really, um, you know, a different experience than I think that my, that my children will have coming up. And obviously my, in my household, my husband is Haitian. So my children are Haitian and, and African-American, or if that's even a delineation, like what do we even call it? Right. Like, yeah. Um, but they, you know, my son is named after a prominent um, historical figure from Haiti, his middle name anyway. Um, so it's just, you know, I think there's much more of an effort coming up in our house than, to make sure that you're aware of all the different features and benefits and pride that goes along with um, the different cultures within Black, within African history, um, as opposed to what I had when I grew up. How did I, so two questions, um, I don't know how quickly you can answer this, but the first is, um, how did you, your junior and senior year in, in high school, because I know you also went to a predominantly white school, um, in high school, probably more so, <laughs> much more than, you know, your um, elementary and middle school. Um, how did you start learning about the diaspora? And then the other question was, actually, just answer that one first. And yeah, I mean, we, our, our teachers were, I would say, very good about presenting the information and about, like, giving us a full view if you will we also had a club that was for the black kids that were there and so it was called Jumoja and that was a part of what we did too we had a black advisor so she kind of made sure like we knew about history we did programming so like it was our responsibility in a way um and even though now looking back it's like really you got like five black kids here you're gonna make us do the work mm. um but at the time, it didn't feel like an extra burden. It was just like, yes, let's do this. This is us. We finally get to shine. You know what I mean? Like, we're out here. 
Um, and so we did the, the historical aspects. I sang Lift Every Voice and Sing at a morning meeting. You know what I mean? Like there were things that we kind of sprinkled in and then we had a big party. So for us, it was like, you know, it was a part of our regular learning, but it was just, it was a different aspect. And we had a lot more um, actually Haitian American kids that were in the middle school when I was in more senior in high school and they were very vocal and they were very passionate about like making sure that we covered all the history, right? Like, so it was, it was coming from both angles. I think the teachers were receptive to us pushing and like they were teaching the full story, not just the slavery story, mm-hmm. um, but the, it was also coming from the children being from diverse African um, households. So, um, you know, you mentioned how, while there were other people in your, you know, middle school, and I guess elementary too, that, that weren't just African-American, but Jamaican, other Caribbeans and everything. Um, and it was almost like, I don't wanna say not everyone was welcome, but there, but there was probably like a, a, a fine distinction, right? Instead of everyone kind of just being all in it together, black, you know? Is that what you were mentioning? Yeah, it definitely wasn't um, celebrated. It wasn't something like if you had that, if you were that heritage, it was almost like you minimized that part. Like you didn't want everybody to know that that's where you're from and you were probably like one of uh, a very few, you know what I mean, that were in the school. And so I think there was definitely division amongst the Blacks in that sense where we would tease or like it mm-hmm. it, it just wasn't celebrated it wasn't like mm-hmm. oh like when we got older and I remember one time someone said something to one of my good friends about her wearing yellow because she was Jamaican and she's like here you go with this Jamaican yellow or something like that that was said and and we were older now so when we were younger she would have been like ha 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 and like took offense or not said anything and just kind of kept it moving but when we got older it was like yeah that's right that's right I'm Jamaican da, 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 da. and it was yeah just, yeah yeah, yeah. A pride thing um whereas when we were younger it was like something that just really wasn't celebrated in the same way yeah and I'm wondering I'm wondering if that was like a time like just a, a sign of the times or an era because although we speak on you know, us being in school and um, and all that we learned about the Black culture, there was, there was, we lacked some of that too. Um, I do remember, you know, one assembly where it was like, um, it did celebrate different um, ethnicities, but that's a very vague memory. And um, it's one of just, you know, like a, a drop in the bucket of all the others. Um, and, and there was, you know, the same comments, um, uh, African booty scratcher and HBO, Haitian body older, and like all of those things were still very real. And that, that we also heard, um, while we were in, while we were in school as well. So, you know, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, our school was the end all be all in regards to that, um, but then again, yeah, when we got older, um, and and now I'm I'm gonna skip my high school experience and jump to college. But I, I feel like by that time, people were very, very proud um, of where 
uh, where they came from. Everybody was repping. Everybody had a flag. Everybody, and we all went to Rutgers, right? So we remember, what was the thing at the end of the year with um, the like the Caribbean thing with the concerts? The fest. Um, yeah. West um, Indian Day Parade. I think that's just what it was called. <laughs> Wasn't it? No. No. I can't fest. remember what it was called. About. Rutgers yeah, fest? It, it, nah, it was always after Rutgers Fest and it was on Livingston. Of course. And it was like every, every Caribbean, like everyone, everybody had their flag and it was just you know, Caribbean Pride Day, if you want to call it that, or, you know, or along those lines. And, um, and I remember like Douglas had a, a, um, there was an event at a certain type of year in regards to the diaspora and everything. Um, So I feel like, Sean doesn't remember. I feel like at that time or by that time, um, by we got to that age or that era in our lives, there was definitely more of a welcoming, more of a proud uh, or sense of pride of where you came from and and, um, and interest in other people as well. Right, um, right, and, right. And just, and, and welcoming where everyone else came from um, as well. So yeah. yeah, I just wanted to add that tidbit. I think that's really valid. And I, I always wonder like, is it a sign of the times around us or is it just a sign of our age and our awareness, you know what I mean? Or our, our maturity, right. I mm-hmm. always think about that because I actually ended up minoring in Africana studies because after, after I had like a really, really powerful professor, I was like, yo, this is dope. Like, I want to know everything there is to know about this. How does it converge with religion? So it was just like so interesting to me um but that passion was not birthed until my freshman year in college like before then it was just a regular part of life and it was almost like we did it but it wasn't celebrated because again like the only time it came up was in the context of you were enslaved you broke out of like someone else freed you it was never like (laughs) the the rich African history to be proud of because those images were still very prominent where it's like you see Bush people on the TV and like these infomercials saying, you know, save someone today for 50 cents a day. Like, you know what I mean? And and everybody's naked. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, that was the only image throughout the nineties. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was before there, because obviously with like the black Panther movement and like, there were, there were decades or seasons. I feel like that, that wasn't always the message and those weren't always the images, but somehow we just keep, in this cycle. And so I'm, that's why it always makes me wonder, like, was it actually Black people as a whole that were just kind of lulled into this, you know, not really pushing forward because we were just beat down with the crack epidemic and police brutality and like everything that happened in the 80s and 90s. And it's like, or is it just a real awakening again, you know, of Black pride and Black power and, and like, really just fighting for change in different ways. So I don't know. It's timely, it's the times. Remember, I feel like when there is a marginalized group and it seems like it's a very overt effort to deepen that marginalization, if you will, Mm -hmm. then that group is going to you're either going to suffer and fall or your pride is going to go on a thousand percent. Right. So because you had the whole era last year, George Floyd and everything, now everything's like 
hundred percent, you know, thousand percent. So the black girl magic and black boy joy and all, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I think it's a sign of times as well. Not that's not all um, about, you know, where we are as far as our age maturity and things of that nature. Um, definitely a sign of times because our kids are going to have something, a different, whole different experience with this versus right. us. I don't think they, they're not going to go through, well, you know, me and Jenny, kid, well, I think Jenny's the only kids that, you know, they're all 100% Haitian. But anyway, it doesn't matter, but they're not going to go through what, you know, our, um, what we may have gone through, we were younger or our um, other people in the specifically Haitian diaspora or Caribbean diaspora, what they went through. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to get called Haitian booty scratcher anymore. You know what I mean? Like that's not even going to be right. a thing anymore. Right. If it, if it even is now. Yeah. I would so, certainly yeah. hope not. Yeah. All right. So Charm, you already kind of touched on the second question as far as how did we, oh, I guess all three of us did. How did we celebrate it um, growing up? So going on to the next question, what does that look like today um, for our kids? Is Black History Month really, you know, a thing? And is this something that you distinctly want to, uh, or make the distinction in your own household for your kids? Or again, the sign of the times where it's like, nah, we don't care about just being one month out of the year. It's Black all well, day Black, every day Black. So like, what is your approach to it, if you will? Black history and the ed education, basically, of our kids. I, um, well, I don't think I answered the, the first question. I mean, like, oh, I, uh, I, I, I spoke, but I don't think I like directly answered the question in terms of do I celebrate Black, Black History Month? Okay. Um, I, and I, I don't, and I haven't, um, like, I uh, purposely or purposefully in, in the sense that it is Black History Month now, I am going to do something to commemorate Black history and mm -hmm. and to put accent on every all things you know African American, all things Haitian, including all the diaspora and everything. Um, I've never really done that, um, and this year I, I haven't done that either. And so, to answer the current question right now with the kids, like what does that look like for them? I haven't necessarily thought of it I I I, I um I I don't know I, I feel like I'm still trying to for instance the the whole thing about skin kind of threw me off guard right um I'm I'm in the space I'm always in this space but you know with the kids too of just being right like we are we are we're just being like we're just living, living life, life right. you know what I mean right. We, right and so I haven't um I haven't made it a point to tell them that they are one thing or another um even in in terms of being Haitian like I I may have had like two conversations with Ruby about that um but nothing consistent. Um, and of course she's exposed to the culture in terms of uh, both languages, um, even if it's not always from my household, right? But her grandparents and aunts and uncles and stuff, um, the food for sure, uh, the church that we go to. So that, that um, she is exposed, uh, but like I said, 
we're out here just being, <laughs> and I haven't necessarily made a point um, of who we are as beings yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to win or any of that. Um, Especially, like I said before, like I'm always just being, this is kind of like how I've always been um, and not necessarily putting a marker on uh, myself one way or another. Um, If that's really, if that's even the right way to say it. Um, But I don't know. I think it's something that definitely Bottle and I would have to sit and talk about. He's definitely a lot more uh, vocal and and even passionate um, about the Black experience, um, but he too hasn't really, as far as I know, sat our kids down and kind of uh, expressed that to them. So I'm here for the pointers if, if you guys have them. I mean, well, first of all, I mean, yeah. let's reiterate your children are young okay yes they are yes young, for sure yes, yes, for yes. sure but the question is still there right but this is what I say to myself because I agree with you that especially now with COVID restrictions and like just literally trying to make it through the day there's not as much time to be intentional about everything that I want to be intentional about right so that's not just restricted to Black pride or the Black experience or confidence or things like that, that runs the gamut from Christianity to principles and values, cleaning your room to like literally everything, you know what I mean? But I do feel like for me, it will be a part of their upbringing and it will be a part of how I teach them to be confident in themselves. Like for instance, I think Junior is the oldest out of all of our kids um, and he's five and he's very intelligent. And I think there are certain things that he will be exposed to going currently to a predominantly white um, Catholic school and having been in a daycare that was also predominantly white. I don't want him to grow up and feel like he is less than or not as good as because he doesn't see anyone that's, that looks like him in those experiences. And I even had one time there was a play date that I took him and another little boy on. First of all, I was surprised his mother let me take the little boy around the corner for pizza. Just let me just say that. But anyway, <laughs> she did. And so we're sitting there and there was a wrestling match on the TV and there was one, a black guy and a white guy that were um, doing the wrestling. And obviously the other little boy was a white little boy, but they were best friends. And he still talks about him to this day. But the other little boy basically told him, he's like, you have to, re- you have to root for the brown guy because you're brown and I'm going to root for the white guy because I'm white. And so like mm. the last thing I want is him to get his education from somebody else or wow. their perspective because I'm wow. not doing the educating on my own end. So if anything, that made me be more proactive and just even if it's just conversations, right? About like black brown skin is beautiful. You're the smartest boy in the class. Like building up his own confidence to make sure that when he walks in a room, he doesn't feel like he's less than for any reason because he's a male mm-hmm. black because he's short because he's tall whatever you know what I mean and like just really building up on him but the last thing I'll say about that is like although I am the probably the worst type a person in the world and like super critical the thoughts that I say to myself sometimes is we really don't have an excuse right because there's so many tools that are out here in this digital age there's you know 
black uh, homeschool groups on Facebook that I'm a part of. And there's like tools and worksheets and things that you can just at their level introduce these principles, whether it's coloring or like arts and crafts, you know what I mean? Like there are so many resources today that we didn't have as a community 20 years ago that it, it's, it's, it really is on us to be able to say like, we just have to make it a priority. We just have to add it to the list of things that we feel are important or it, they're gonna get an education and it's you're not gonna be able to control the message. That reminds me, um, one thing when you talk about the intentionality of it, you know, because we can easily be like, but you know, as their parents, we're living in black history, you know what I mean? Uh, which is true, That that's still true. Two things can be true at once, you know what I'm saying? Um, but like you did mention, Charm, the age of our kids. So it's like, how do you do it um, at this age? And also, do you have to necessarily have the whole sit down moments or as the kid asks questions like, mommy, why, you know, you guys are reading a book together, whatever. Why does she look this way? And she looked that way. She's dressed that way. And he's dressed that way, as the case may be. And then you respond, right? So that's like the balance too. Are you preemptive about it? Do you, I mean, or proactive about it? Or just go as a child's learning curve develops? and evolve. So that's a question, I guess, for all of us parents, which obviously I do not have the answer. Um, but two, it reminds me of a conversation. I was watching a YouTube clip earlier. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the um, channel or the streaming, I don't know if it's a service, I don't know, but Fox Soul, how Fox now has like their own type of offshoot that's all day, everything, black, everything. Mm-mm. So it's a lot of, yeah, so it's mm-hmm. a lot of black people um, that we know of that we've seen before that had their shows on there. Like um, Angela, you from Breakfast Club, she has a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember Claudia Jordan. Mm-mm. No, but it's, it's a black people that you are familiar with. And now they have their own shows on this thing. Anyway, Claudia Jordan's show, <laughs> she had um, one of Malcolm X's daughters on. And I saw a clip today and mm-hmm. she was like, you know, my father will always say, Foolish is the man who lets the enemy teach his children their history. That's facts. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Yeah. Because history mm-hmm. is that, that, that one liner right there. It's crazy. Which is, which is, yes, absolutely true. And I remember my dad would be like, um, like when he would, be, when he would talk about Haitian history, he would say, no, I need you to hear this so that if anyone else try to tell you tell you different you know mm-hmm. right and um and so yes and I, I feel like he lived by that mantra um where I am like in, in listening to you Charm and uh the experience with Junior and his best friend and what the boy said um and also uh you hoping um, and and really trying to make sure that it doesn't happen that Junior feels a certain type of way because of his color in light of everyone else in in the room or in his um, classroom and all of that. So in my mind, the way I think of that isn't necessarily through it, it, I don't, this is this is always a hard topic for me as you guys know because I don't think of it at the same way as other people do but I, I don't like when it comes to those things I don't think of it 
through blackness per se, right? Like I don't want someone, I, I wouldn't want myself and I don't want my kids to be like, um, I am, I, I don't think that what we've been fed, right? Uh, you're not worth, you're not worth anything. You're not valuable because you're black. I don't think the opposite of that is true. I don't think that I am valuable because I'm black. And so I'm, I, I, I kind of fight against that or I am at war myself against that mentality, which is why when things, when the, like Miriam, you mentioned the hashtags, um, black girl magic magic and and all of that, like that kind of makes me cringe because one, I'm upset that we as black women and as black little girls have to come up with something to build ourselves up after having been torn down so much. And then I'm also upset that we have that we are now being fed something that we are so much more, so much more because we are we because we are black, and that I, is is the is the thing that I don't necessarily agree with. And so, and and so I I just and what I would instill in my kids and the affirmations and all of that I would like I would like to think that it is not in light of your blackness, but it is because it, 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 this is who you are, not because you are black, you know what I mean? And also I wouldn't expect them to feel the opposite because they are, because they are black, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Unless obviously they've been told that for sure, or they are being told that, you know what I mean? Then of course I, you know, it, it, it's being fed to them, um, you know, but I, as, that's just kind of, I guess, where I'm at war with myself and where I, and why I say I'm just being, you know what I mean? Like when, when we, when we speak affirmations or speak certain things, I, I don't, I just say it because I'm like, that's you like today when you're trying to help me do something. And I'm like, dude, if you help me, it's going to be all over. Like, it's not going to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the affirmation, even an experience like that is, um, you know, you're so helpful. Thank you for being helpful. You know, I know we always speak about how helpful you are. And, and those are one of many other affirmations that, that we speak. Um, and I just try to reiterate that. And, um, and it's not, you know, that's a very plain example, uh, but it is, it is not, you know, in light of her, in light of her back. It's just because of, that's who she is, but you know? I, so to Miriam, so, Oh, but but also let me just real real quickly. This is not to say that I would ignore, uh, or that I would want to or intentionally, you know, ignore their blackness or the fact that like I'm not going to be like, no, you ain't black, you're Ruby. <laughs> you know, like that's right. not something that I would that I would say. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. good. So the thing, like, just as a challenge or just to offer you some perspective that you may or may not have already about things, such as, like, the hashtag. So when you say, when you use the word more, that's relative, right? Because there's something, I don't, obviously people in the podcast, I'm sorry, you guys can't see my hands, but I have my two hands together, so they're level, right? So when we talk about relatively, when we talk about that more, you got to remember where the starting point is, right? So whiteness or the majority is here, let's say eye level. Blackness historically has been viewed by a lot of the majority, if not most of the majority, as being down here. So one hand is below where I said whiteness was, right? So we talk about black girl magic or using words such as magic or other superlatives. We're like, wow, it is going to be a lot more. And I need that more just to get me to the same level as the majority. 
You know what I'm saying? So you it's 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 intentionality behind using words like magic or joy just so we could feel equal. It shouldn't have to be like that. And that's the shame. You understand what I'm saying? That's that a is shame. a shame. And that's, that's where in, in that. I acknowledge that. And that's the part that really makes me like, ugh. But at the same time, and the way that I see it used, you see how you have your two hands level, the way that mm -hmm. I see it used, that more, no matter where you started, I feel like people, um, people put the quote unquote black hand in this experience, in this um, uh, uh, demonstration higher above, above other, other races. Mm -hmm. And that's not right either. But I, I feel like it's just a response, a knee-jerk response to the starting point, which is, you know, what what you demonstrated before being so far low, so far below mm -hmm. white, which again is why in my mind it's like, uh, you know what I mean? So I thought that you were gonna say more so than their identity as black, that you would want them to identify as Christian first. That's first. what I thought you were gonna mm -hmm. say. Yes, mm -hmm. this is true. This that yes, that is true. So I think on the one hand, I totally understand where you are coming from because of your experience and your worldview. Um, so I, I understand that, but I also understand how unique that was. Like there aren't as many black women today in their thirties that will be able to say like, they've had your similar experience or they they haven't been like smacked in the face with racism as opposed to like maybe right. fringe experiences that were maybe somewhat uncomfortable but not like earth shattering. And that is completely due, I believe, to your worldview and how you perceive things or how you internalize things as an individual. Sure. But I do also think that like you have to prepare your kids under the assumption that they won't have such a unique experience. Like we're all raising black men. And so even that alone is like, we can't afford to be like, let me just raise them because they're good people and not have the awareness of their blackness. And it's not only in a sense of like confidence or pride, but just like awareness of it like it and and when you are aware of it again we are the ones that have to be in charge of that narrative in that story and what they tell themselves about themselves and so I would rather if 99 other external factors are telling you son that you're right, not right, right. worth it or you're not as good as or you're only good because you're big or tall or you can only be an athlete then I will take my one percent and say you are more than that in every instance that I get, because I understand that all of those other factors are going to be telling him that he's less than. So I have to make up for the fact that those other voices are going to not only, whether verbally or unconsciously, like send those subliminal messages that you're not as good as, or you're not as welcome, or you don't have as much as. And so to me, it's more important for me to instill that confidence and that awareness than it is for me to make sure that they don't think that they are worth more than someone else. Like for me, that's less of an issue than me for making sure that they feel like they have what it takes to make it in this world. Right, 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 right. Ooh, well, huh? 
No, I was, I was just saying, um, understand exactly what she's saying because unfortunately it has to be like, you know what I mean? It's not something, it's not luxury that we can afford to ignore that, not necessarily on purpose, but like to just live our lives. Unfortunately, that's not the privilege that we've been afforded. So it almost, it's almost as if there's an overcompensation going on. Right. Or at least being intentional and counteracting, like she says, the messaging that is out there about black boys and black men. So, you know, we're going to have to account for that as their parents. And this right. Like all this messaging was out there and you didn't offer me anything. You didn't offer me something else. Right. And I think that it, it has to be intentional and it doesn't have to be counter to that spiritual identity either. So let me give you an example. Like, and I don't think it would be, I go out of my way to make sure that the books that I give my children, the Bibles, the stories about the Bible, there are brown faces in those books because as they learn about their spirituality and they learn about God and they learn about these historical figures that were in the Bible, I want them to understand that those people look like them. Whereas when I grew up, they didn't. And it wasn't even a thing for me. Like I didn't even think twice about it. And I don't believe my mother did either, but it wasn't like a, Oh, well, we have to have this, you know, this Brown Jesus in our pictures because like it just it wasn't but today it is important to me to do that and so I go out of my way to make sure that when you talk about Daniel and the lions then or David and Goliath like those strong figures that overcame with the help of Jesus Christ were black just like you you have that strength in you you know what I mean and so it's like it is being intentional um, but I don't think it's counter or opposing in any way to our Christian or spiritual foundation either. I don't think it is either. Um, and, and, and that's not something that I, that I wouldn't not do either. Right. So, and, but that's also part like in, in my mind of the, um, just being like Ruby's dolls are, are black. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) I just thought of something that she just said today. What's your favorite toy? I was like, I don't really have one. She was like, mine are dolls. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, there was something that you said in terms of um, the thinking that you're better than than someone else. Like you, you'd rather take that chance where it's, you know, I, I don't, it's hard to, uh, I, I don't think that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, that's not what I um, would be trying to do um, at all. And I, I, and I don't, I, I, I don't disagree with um, teaching my kids to be aware that they are, that they are Black. Like, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to be like, nah, Ruby, you're not Black, you're Ruby. You know what I mean? Because I that, I think that that's definitely a disservice. That's not even, that's not even, that's just wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that That's not part of what I'm saying as the just being. Um, that's just really plain wrong and a big disservice to her uh, or to my kids, to both of my kids. Um, and so that's not necessarily what I'm saying at all. Uh, what I would want the ideal, I guess, situation would be, um, yes, you do have an awareness of your blackness, 
yes, um, you are aware of also the other races, but you don't think of yourself in light of your, only in light of your blackness, right? I had, um, I was in, when I was in grad school, I was the only black person in the grad school, in grad school right? And this is, this is part of the whole sign of your, your age or the times or, or whatever. But I feel like the, the, the big thing at that time, or maybe even now is that, well, if you are, even what you're saying kind of charm is if you are the black one in that class, you gotta make sure that you're the one that's on top, right? And so I remember the fir very first day of um of class and we're obviously all meeting each other and I'm like dang I'm the only black person uh, and I said that so I said that to myself that I got, now I got to be the best one in here and then I don't remember how long after but it wasn't that long I was like that's that man what like who cares I'm not going to kill myself you know what I mean because I am the only like I'm going to be who I'm going to be I'm not going to be like stressing because I'm the only black person just to prove a point to all of these other people you know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But nobody said um, that to you, right? What's that? Nobody, nobody told you to feel that way. Just like nobody told me to feel that way. So I guess mm, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Well, no, what I'm saying, no, no, no. What I'm saying, yes. I feel, at that time, I felt that that was a thing. You know what I mean? That was always spoken about to us Black people. Like, you have to make sure that you're this, that, and the third if you're entering the room. You know what I mean? Um, and you don't give people, you don't give people a reason to think that you're less than, um, or, or because you're black kind of thing. Right. So you have to make sure that you are, um, that you do come out on top and that you are the best of the best or, or whatever it is. I, 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 you know, I didn't, well, who said that's that? not something that just, that, that I just thought of, who said this? you know, yeah. I don't know who, like, I don't think there was one person. I, I think was it, it was, uh, it was, huh? Like, did it come from your family or you felt like it came from other black people in the community? No, yeah, like other black people in the community. Mm. I don't remember anyone saying that to me, but I do remember feeling that way the first, from the very first day, even from the interest exam. Like, if I come here, I'm going to be the best just because I know they're looking at me like I just, I'm an affirmative action selection and I don't really deserve to be here, but they just let me in to fill a quota. And I felt mm -hmm. that pressure, but I don't remember anyone in any circle ever saying those words to me. Mm. So, and that's what I feel like. It's like, it's almost inherent in some other way. We get the message. We get the message. Mm -hmm. and it's like, <laughs> I'm not trying to pass that message on to my son, but again to my point before it's like if he's going to get a message anyway from everybody else he's going to have a counter to that because I'm going to teach him you know what I mean right R yes and I guess what I'm just saying is that the counter to that is not the exact opposite of that is all is basically all that I'm saying gotcha because I I just I don't know feel like that could be a detriment too or not even a detriment it just doesn't sit well with me Miriam, what was your next question? Um, my next question was going into that as far as like, so do you feel that the teaching of Black history or instilling Black pride, would it, um, I forgot the specific word I used, would it um, conflict 
could it possibly conflict with other values that you instill in your children? But that could be a whole nother conversation uh, by itself. Charm mm-hmm. uh, had kind of already triggered it when she's saying something about when she assumed that you were going to say Christian first, mm-hmm. and then, you know, black afterwards, wherever that may be on the list. So it's all about identity mm-hmm. and what we instill in our ch- um, children. And actually, that is going to be a good topic for um, another session. I think I, I don't know if I mentioned to you, Sharm or Jenny. Um, basically, like, what do you see for your children in the future? And that would include mm-hmm. what identity, your part in it, right? Like what identity will you be not instilling in them because they're born with such an identity, but what identity would you be fostering? You know what I mean? Like what's, what, who, who are they going to be in the future? What, what do you yeah. see and what role in that? Um, so that, that may... Well, that should will definitely include their um, Black history. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I, absolutely. I, I, I don't, for a quick, quick answer, I don't think it, necess- it, it conflicts. In essence, it does not conflict. I, and I think that um, my, my morals are based uh, upon uh, the Christian faith. And I think that the Christian faith um, would uphold um, a lot mm-hmm. of what we're saying and, and, and teaching our kids their identity and all of that, where I feel it conflicts is if it is upheld to a higher standard or more than, mm-hmm. um, more than the, the Christian faith, mm-hmm. which is what yeah. I think of when I see those hashtags and everything, because in my mind, that's idolatry. Ooh, okay. We could definitely talk about that. um but thank you guys so much for listening this evening we definitely definitely would like to hear your thoughts on this um how are you celebrating if you are celebrating celebrating black history how do you do it this month how you do it every day how do you incorporate it every in your everyday lives with your interactions with your um with your family with your children i'm miriam i'm Char. And I'm Jenny. Thank you guys for joining us uh, for this interesting conversation. Please comment. Um, let us know how you're feeling. Like Miriam said, you can find us at Mama Said So Podcast on Instagram. We also have a Facebook Facebook group. And we have an email address at Mama Said So Podcast at gmail.com. So hit us up. Let us know. Thank you. Bye, guys.